My name is Sarah. And I'm Andrew. And we are the hosts of The Disciples Mike, a podcast produced by Woodbury Lutheran Church in Woodbury, Minnesota. And on today's episode, we are discussing mental health. We are staying down with Addie Miklich, a me- mental health therapist and founder of Illuminate Counseling. We'll be discussing uh, how the holiday season can be hard and, and how we can show up for people in this season. So sync up to a Bluetooth device, clean your kitchen. This is the Disciples mic. I love it. That's the only way to, to, <laughs> to listen to this podcast is to sync up to a Bluetooth device. I couldn't think of the word speaker fast enough. <laughs> Bluetooth device came quicker than speaker. That I, seems like a real thing. And I didn't, um, behind the curtain, this is our third time doing the opening, and I didn't want to do it a fourth time because that <laughs> seemed extreme. Yeah. It was a Goldilocks situation. First, the music was too loud. Then it was too soft. And then Sarah was just bad at her job. So <laughs> just how most things go. That is how the original storyline of Goldilocks. Yeah. And She's then bad Sarah at her job. just bad at her job. <laughs> Basically how it goes. Uh, yep. Well, hi. Hi, Andrew. Hello, Sarah. How, how are, are you? you? Oh, gosh, that's embarrassing. That was awkward. I'm good. How are you? Great. Great. Are we going to just talk to each other and not introduce our no, guests? No, no, I was going to say that it's actually, she's just here for uh, right. emotional support Ex- for us. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. This is our first guest. It is. Of, of the well, second season. Y- not your first guest, but my first guest. Well, ever. Yeah, of the second season. I said of the second season. my first guest ever. Yeah. Yeah. So you should feel very special because this is monumental entertainment or something. I don't know. I, <laughs> I do. Yeah. Good. You should. You should. <laughs> Uh, so we have Addie with us today, and um, I have known Addie for a lot of years, probably most of my life, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. We grew up, not really together, but we were close enough in age. Near We each overlapped, other. kind yeah. of. Age yeah. adjacent, as it were. Age adjacent. I think yeah. we established that you're in between John and I, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so welcome, Addie. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Um, why don't you introduce yourself and say kind of, not kind of, say what you do. Okay. <clears throat> I'm Addie Miklich. Um, I grew up at Woodbury Luther and I've been going there since, well, probably the past 30 years. Yeah. That's a long time. Wow. That's a long time. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm a mental health therapist. I founded my own practice. It's a solo practice in Roseville called Illuminate Counseling. I founded it last year. Um, and I'm a trauma therapist and addiction counselor. And I see um, adults. And I see individuals primarily, though. A few couples have snuck in, and they bring a lot of energy. And <laughs> so <laughs> it's entertaining, um, but it's not quite my forte. So when you say snuck in, the image I get is like one person makes a makes an appointment with you, and then all of a sudden somebody just like in the middle of the session walks in, like, but like not walks in actually. They like open the door and they like army, army crawl. crawl in behind i don't know if you have a couch in your office or if you have a chair or something but they crawl behind and then they slowly just slink their way onto the couch and now it's a now it's a couple session wouldn't that be amazing that would be i mean in some regards it's like marriage therapy but on an individual basis yeah and so you know there's a lot of that but um they'll ask if their partner can come and then I'll say yes mm. every once in a while. So it's not so <laughs> yeah, covert. Right, exactly. right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. And so you have listened to the podcast. So 
Um, you know what is going to happen. No one knows what's going to happen on this we podcast. Don't, yeah, we, we don't know what's going to happen That's on true. this podcast. We don't always know. But our, uh, what did Daniel call it? Our almost viral segment. No, that was another thing. My dating life was our almost viral oh, segment. Yeah, right. That's not what we were talking about. Um, Andrew? Yes. No, you have to say the thing first. It's right? time. <laughs> and it's it, it's time for. Hit the. <laughs> gosh. Oh, Hit I turned button. it down. There it is. That's not the one either. Sarah's <laughs> random question. We're really good at this. Guys, it is Advent. We are busy. Sarah's tired. I My brain is sleepy. Yeah. But now we have it. Okay, so it is currently snowing outside. It is. Um, it's not snowing as much as it, as it is up north. Uh, they've gotten, like, what, two feet or something like that by this point? Tends to be how that happens. Yes. Yeah, because lake effect snow. Yeah, lake effect snow. Yeah. Can uh, you explain lake effect snow? So it's when it snows near a lake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <It's> <laughs> just leave it at that. Um, no, it's like the when it, it's, it's on a great lake, yep. and it's when it snows, but mm -hmm. it's going to be more because the lake sucks the water up. Okay. Am I close? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Neither of us know what lake effect snow is or how to explain it, but I did want to feel <laughs> superior by making you try to explain it first. So <laughs> anyway. Okay. So what is one thing that you would remove uh, from your favorite season? So like you really like winter, but you would get rid of the blizzards or you really like summer, oh. but you'd get rid of the humidity so first you have to just you have to so here's the here's so i always follow up with a follow-up question this is tradition but the question is um is this it's your favorite season but you're taking away one thing like what if you love everything about your favorite season you know what i mean or is this this would be my favorite season if i could take away this thing yeah let's do that one the second one yeah I would love summer if it wasn't hot. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that your answer? That's my answer. Well, yeah, because yeah. you sweat. I know. Like all the a, time. Like uh, crazy. Sweaty animal. Yeah. <laughs> but like fall is my favorite season. But it's I, the only thing that if I could add something would be that it was longer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like fall in Minnesota is all of like eight seconds or whatever it it's is. It's like two so weeks. Yeah. <clears throat> so I would say fall if I could take away the shortness of it. Does that count? It's like a double negative. Sure. <laughs> you you want fall to be longer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, great. Let's but, you know, I jumped in before our guest, and that's rude, so. You are a very rude person. I didn't have an answer, so <laughs> that, that worked out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I my fall, fall is my favorite season. Mm -hmm. I think I would take away, like, the wintry aspects of it. Oh. So you know when it's like November and it's like snowing and it feels you're like oh it's winter but oh wait it's fall yeah I would take away like the winter aspect so it just feels like a nice full fall. Hmm. I like that as well. Mm -hmm. um, if I could take away the cold parts of fall, I'd be, I'd be into that too. But you wouldn't sweat. True, it is a conundrum, but like the super wintry parts, huh. you know, like snow. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So like <laughs> if it is if it's like snowing before Halloween, I'm out. That I would take away. Okay. So yeah, there you go. 
How about you, Sarah? What would your favorite season be and what would you take away? Um, so winter is actually my favorite season. Really? Yeah. I love the snow and I love the cold, which okay. um, is controversial. It's controversial and it's confusing for a lot of people because they see me post so much about my cabin that they're like, seriously, summer's not your favorite season. Yeah, that's true. My The way I think about life is I like the summer. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Um, but then once the cabin Buckle closes, up, everybody. yeah, like we close the cabin yep. Labor Day weekend. Once it closes, I'm ready for winter. Got it. So like, I don't. So it could snow the next day, and, and I would be, like, be fine. All about it. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. So there's that. But but how extreme is the cold? Like, are you cool with even like January negative twenty cold? Yeah. Did you ever go on the winter retreats at Camp Lebanon? I think so. Like, that was my favorite because it was always the end of January and it was always like the below zero. And so there's a bunch of teenagers outside, like playing broom ball when mm -hmm. it's way too cold yep, to be yep, playing. Yep. And then there's that one girl who is like, I'm going to be cool. And so she like takes a shower and lays. I point over here because there's a bench, but like lays on a bench with her hair like over the edge. So it just freezes like that girl definitely got pneumonia when she got home. But probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. But it like that extreme cold, I'm yeah. here for it. I'm out. I'm out on that. Like there is a limit to the cold, though. I will say it's nice to be inside. I have a new answer. Can I answer a new answer? Oh my gosh! I guess I, I haven't even answered my first answer, but you can answer your oh second yeah, answer. That's right. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I forgot we haven't gotten to the answer. <laughs> Go for it. Um, I would get rid of the humidity. Humi the winter humidity uh, in summer. Oh. Because it's not, it's not beefing up my favorite season. Did she, she didn't answer the question <laughs> Yes, right, I did. did. Didn't I? No, you just went on about how winter is your favorite season. Yeah. And then you're like, I'd take away the humidity. I'm like, yeah, because it's so humid in the middle of winter. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> what? Did I mix up my own question? At Camp yeah. Lebanon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Fine. <laughs> if we're going the winter route, I would, get, I would get rid of the icy roads. Don't you just love going out? <laughs> Grabbing your skates, putting your boots on, nice winter <laughs> coat, and you head out in the middle of January, and it's just muggy. <laughs> just muggy out there. And you're like, man, <laughs> if I could just get rid of this humidity in January, I really love this weather. Fine. The free <laughs> I'm just saying. it's okay. I, I guess the freezing rain. Like, I want snow. Or I oh want yeah. nothing. Yep. I do hate the like, like the last couple of days yeah. where it's yeah. been kind of like, are you raining? And then when it, when it's already snow on the ground and then it rains on top of it and then there's snow kind of starts to melt too. That I'm out on that. Or like when it gets really like it's ice on top and then it like crunches when you step on it. Yeah. Mm. That mm -hmm. is cool though. When it's like just a thin layer and then it's like yeah. the, you do step on it and the, yeah. Anyway, super cool. Okay, so okay. what's your answer Here's now my that answer I number two. think I answered? Fall is my favorite season. Yeah. And I would get rid of, and this might be controversial, I would get rid of pumpkin spice lattes. Without a doubt. They're only okay. Yeah, they're way overrated. And people are like all about them. What are your opinions on pumpkin spice lattes? Mm. You're allowed to like them. I mean, I like them, but I think they're overrated. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's like both, all both. Yeah. It's like all that people talk about when fall comes mm -hmm. around and mm -hmm. then it's like, you know, yeah, I don't know. You got to get your your fall drinks and stuff like that and I don't know. I'm just over it. 
I've so. had one in my entire life. You're missing out. They're so good. You just <laughs> said. I'm just <laughs> I don't know if I've ever even actually had one, to be honest with you. But uh, <laughs> so I, I don't know if I can actually say that. So you I just think they're overrated. I want to get rid of them for everybody else. I'm like the Grinch <laughs> who stole Christmas, you know. The Grinch who stole like, pumpkin spice exactly. lattes. I can't have or I don't get or like or something pumpkin spice latte. So nobody else gets them. And his heart grew three sizes that day. That's true. Or shrunk. Whatever. Mm. Either or. Anyway. That was a good random question, that was, Sarah. That was a that was a good random question. We need another like jingle thing to go out of the random question so we know like <laughs> probably not that one. But sure, we can we can workshop that. There we go. That's that's more like it. I don't know what these other that ones first are. one was like Yeah. Yeah, we're out of it. We're, exactly. We're, we're done. A mystery. Yeah, that's that, that would be a good is the most appropriate one. Oh, if I have a good one. Yeah. All of my questions are good though. We'll we'll just we'll you probably don't need to use that button then. Anyway. Okay. Hey, Andrew, what are we talking about today? Well, we're talking uh, about um, mental health is uh, why we're here to talk about a bunch of different variety of stuff with mental health. So obviously, um, the reason we decided or thought about talking about um, mental health is A, just because it's important in general and something that isn't talked about uh, nearly enough. But B, because obviously as we come closer to kind of the Christmas season, it's something that um, that gets just more challenging for people. There's a lot more sort of stuff that goes on uh, around the holiday season. Uh, there is also stuff that I, I, I like to think of the holiday season sometimes as kind of a catch-all where it's like anything that happened throughout the year tends to come up now because it's you know it's either the first christmas without whoever you lost during that year or um it makes you think of that of a person uh that you lost or it makes you just kind of reflect on the entire year and so it ends up being kind of this this catch-all kind of a thing so we're talking about um mental health and the church and uh the holiday season kind of all in one so yeah that's about all uh, all I have. So that's it's back to me. It back to you, I guess. I mean, uh, we. I don't know. Like, you're the expert in this thing. So. I mean, I have a, I have a few thoughts on that. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, basically what Sarah and I did here today is we showed up and said, let's do a mental health episode. And then uh, we figured our guest would just carry the show from there. Take the rest of it. But I think, so I've been thinking about this a lot, actually. I think um, probably over the past few years since stepping into youth ministry more. Um, But I want to know why... There's such a stigma around mental health and and the church. So we're going to start there. Why do we think that is? Hmm. I'm going to do a roundabout answer to that question. Great. Because you mentioned the Grinch. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there's... What a tease to that answer. (laughs) Okay, so um, I'm a trauma therapist, and I'm trained in a modality called somatic experiencing. Um... And so I'm going to do my best to explain it without explaining the whole thing, because we could go on and on. Um, Mm -hmm. 
Well, I could go on and on. So there's lots of versions of The Grinch, and I'm not sure which one this is, but it's on Netflix. Okay. And it's not the weird Jim Carrey one. Okay. Yeah. But it's like not a cartoon. Okay. okay. So my kids are watching it. And um, so there's this moment where he like zooms back to being a child. Have you seen this one? I think so. Yeah. And yeah. it's like it's it, his heart, I think. I, I I don't I yeah it I don't shows like his heart and yeah. then it like yeah. shrinks or it something shrinks like that. It shrinks and then yeah. he like zooms back to being yeah. a kid, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so I call trauma a time disorder, mm. and it zooms you back to a different time. And trauma is, and we could talk about it as like trauma. Or we could talk about it as stress, and it takes you. If you have one foot in the past and you have one foot in the present, and it's hard to deal with it accu- like to deal with the present accurately because you're responding to the past. Mm. And unless you're having active flashbacks, you don't always know that you're responding to the past. And so you might have this like giant reaction to something and be like, wow, I really responded much larger than I thought I would have. Mm -hmm. Like someone cuts you off in traffic and you're like, what the heck, you know? You're like, wow, that was like a really big reaction. Yeah. Because you're responding to something else. And so kind of like that backlog idea too, saving this stuff up for Christmas. It's like we're all we've got this like frantic energy because we're responding to a lot of stuff right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so grief is kind of interesting because grief is I view it as a combination of fear, um, sadness and oh, no, there's another one. Whenever there's three, I always remember two. <laughs> <laughs> what else would it be? Anger? Anger. (coughs) Yeah. Fear, sadness and anger. And so it gets like really complicated to know, like, what am I feeling? And with grief, it's probably lots of them. Yeah. And when someone's gone, it's hard to allow yourself to be angry at times. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And so it's like, well, just be sad. Well, okay, there's a place for sadness, but there's also a place for fear. There's also a place for anger. Right. So, okay, back to the Grinch. Yeah. He like gets zoomed back to this like little child and if you can go back to that place and give yourself in the present moment what you needed then. Mm. But while still having a foot in the present, you can actually heal that part. Mm. Which is super cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. Which is super cool. And so what I try to do in my work is like there's no shame in whatever it is that you need. Yeah. Our bodies are designed needing something. And so there's no shame in it. Mm-hmm. And so I think it gets tricky because it's like, okay, I've got a story. Yeah. <laughs> I've got lots of roundabout this answers. This is perfect. <coughs> that's good because we'll just sit back and listen to you okay. the whole time. And that's okay. Perfect. <laughs> so for those of you in the church, if you know my son Jonas, he has Down syndrome and he's very friendly and outgoing. When he was two, he came up to me. I think he was two. And he kissed me. But in the kiss, he bit my lip. Mm. And so I had a freeze response. And freeze, you know, fight, flight, or freeze. Mm-hmm. Freeze is any time you have competing, infl- um, competing urges. Mm. So I both wanted to throw him <laughs> and not throw him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And both, like, I wanted to throw him um, for my own <laughs> well-being and yeah. then I didn't want to throw him for my own well-being yeah and then I didn't want to throw him because I'm his mom you know so there's a lot going on yeah. so I had this freeze so I didn't throw him and thankfully after a moment he let go and I ran so I got that flight response I uh-huh. ran to the bathroom and I thought I wanted to cry and instead I just like paid attention to my body and I was like what's happening what's going on 
And so I noticed this heat in my throat and I paid mm. a lot of attention to it. And it turned out I wasn't going to cry. I was angry. Mm. And so I just let my body do what it was going to do. And I like turned into this weird growl. Yeah. And I was thinking like, like a mom, like a dog almost like, uh-huh. a, like would like be like, Hey, you know, like get off of me. Yeah. yeah. And so I just let my body do that. And it started to shake. Uh-huh. And then I just felt this release. Yeah. And I realized that I wasn't as skittish around him and I did it a few times and then I could actually just like go and embrace him again afterwards. Yeah. And so if I didn't do that, I'd probably be angry with him or skittish around him or just have this response around him because the fight or flight part of my, I'm pointing to my brainstem. You can't see this because it's a <laughs> podcast. The fight, or <laughs> the fight or flight survival part of my body wanted to fight him. Right. Yeah. Um, but the uh, then there's another part of me that didn't want to do that. And so when those start to get in con- like conflict mm-hmm. now, I could be like, well, what's wrong with me that I don't want to like pick up my kid and I have all this guilt. Right. Mm. Yeah. But I'm actually just it's a survival response that wasn't mm-hmm. able to get completed if I didn't have if I didn't have the wherewithal to go through that yeah. process. Yeah. Huh. Wow. And I think what I mean something that just stuck out to me as you were talking about that is just the the ability to also just to know to be able to i mean a i don't know if i've ever had that kind of a a response myself where i'm just going to slow down and like recognize what my body is doing Mm -hmm. right and then the kind of wherewithal to actually sort of dissect or like break down what am i actually feeling right this idea of of saying, am I angry or am I, you know, fearful, you know, or whatever, like to actually, because I think so often we just kind of paint one picture of our emotion. Like, and a lot of times for me, it's just like, no, I'm just angry right now or something like that. When it's probably some kind of combination of something, or maybe even it's something completely different, but you know, yeah. So kind of a fascinating way of, I don't know, thinking about all that, but yeah. yeah. Well, I think where I, so in this training, I've, you know, as I've been going through it, so somatic, it just means body mm-hmm. and experiencing is being able to experience what's happening in your body. So trauma gets stored in the body rather than in the event. Yeah. So if I get in a car accident, the, the accident wasn't the trauma. The, my body is where the trauma is stored. Right. Mm-hmm. And so every time I get in a car, I might be like grabbing the steering wheel and like, so let, this is kind of trippy, but let's say I got hit on the driver's side. I might be super vigilant to look on the driver's side every time oh, I get yeah. in the car, mm-hmm. which might make me more vulnerable on the passenger side oh, to yeah. get yeah. hit. Or I might be super avoidant on the passenger or on the driver's side because I don't want to look over there anymore. Yeah. Which might make me vulnerable over there. And I might be looking on the passenger side, mm. which might make me vulnerable there. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wow. So either way, yeah. if I don't work through this, yeah. I'm uh, like a danger to myself and others right. getting in a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, and and I think that I think that that it's it's easy to I don't know, have those those kind of blind spots too, right? Of like not even knowing that there's something to to work through. So is but but here's something that I always kind of wonder with that like is there a place that you get to then that you can I mean in working through those things that you actually get to like I don't know, equilibrium, I guess, if you will, kind of in your body, if it is a somatic kind of a thing. Yeah. So um, 
So these are patterned responses mm. that are survival responses that are waiting to be completed. Mm. And so you can tell that when you're f- having like a patterned fight with your partner. Okay. You know, if you're always fighting about the same thing, if it triggers you every time. Yeah. Mm. Right. It, it might not be like every time. Like the car accident's like kind of a more obvious one. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Like that's a more obvious one. But um, like here's another example with um, my other son and he was also two. So. I don't know if you remember Vinny at the time, but he had a really big head and yeah. a little body. <laughs> yep. And so he always had bruises on his head because he was just, he would fall a lot, yeah. you know, and he was fast. Yeah. And he yeah. is, he's still he's fast. Still fast yeah. He's really fast. Yeah. <laughs> so he was running and he tripped and he fell on his head. And I was like, oh no, you know, that silence. Right. And so I like ran over to him and I put him on my knee because I'm going through this training, you know, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? So I put yeah. him on my knee and he like had that loud scream and I'm like, I'm just going to calm myself. Because when people get in an accident, the best thing you can do is regulate yourself. Because mm. interestingly, the br- the nervous system, so the body, you're the person who is the most re- the most well regulated, has the most influence in the situation. Mm. Really? Yeah. They because when nervous systems get together, they influence each other, and you have a disproportionate influence if you're more regulated. Huh. Which huh. is super cool. Yeah, yeah. way cool. Right? Yeah. So when your kid's flipping out, if you, literally, if you stay calm, you have more influence. Huh. <laughs> so just hang on to that, parents. Yeah. Just keep your cool. Right. It'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I just, like, stayed cool. And I didn't know what was going to happen. And he just looked at the ground. And he was screaming. And then he pushed off on the ground with his hands. Yeah. And he started to laugh a little. Huh. Mm. And then his cry like went down and he did it two or three times. And each time he laughed a little bit more and his cry went down. And by like the third or fourth time, he just ran off to play (laughs) because he wasn't able to do that. Oh, yeah. He missed being able to catch himself. Yeah. And so he completed that on his own. Yeah. And you didn't, you didn't, uh, outside of your own stuff, didn't do anything to intervene. I did. All I did was create the space for him to do that. Wow. I know. How cool is that? I know. Well, and so, so like, I think this is, I think this kind of, this whole idea, like, man, something that just sticks out to me with what you said is this idea of, of influence and community and, and being this idea of calm and calming yourself. Like, as we, not to like, I mean, it's a church podcast, so we bring it back to church, but <laughs> like, but I, I just, something that so stri- strikes me is like, in church, we tend to, like, we tend to do this where like we have our own things that we just get so you know we hold to them so tightly and we get so passionate about them or angry about them and we tend to you know whether it's my my club in the church or my activity or something like that and we tend to like we tend to try to come together and you know defend our things you know i want worship to look this way or i want you know um these people to speak or it should you know we should act a certain way or whatever you know Mm -hmm. um like how unhealthy that can be in a lot of ways where it's like you're not even unhealthy but like you know instead of maybe walking into the church and and screaming at the pastor of how dare you preach about this on a on a sermon or something like that it's regulating our own emotions about it and how can we you know influence each other in that way is such a cool i've never i've never known that we relate to each other in that way in sort of a in sort of you know that we we i don't know relate to each other almost in a 
like our calm affects other people is such an incredible kind of thing to me. But mm. yeah. Yeah. So. <coughs> well, so neuroscience is showing like cognitive behavioral th- therapy says, okay, I have a thought and then that influences my feelings. Um, so I see Sarah's sweater and it looks cozy and warm. <laughs> and so then I feel cozy and warm and then that leads to a behavior like i'm gonna run out to the store and buy a sweater (laughs) (laughs) so there's cbt in a nutshell right right? and neuroscience says actually our we our body responds in a way and okay i'll i'll give the example um we respond which leads to a feeling which leads to a thought yeah and so if i see a threat my body's gonna start running and then I'll notice that I'm running and I'll be like, I'm running. I think I'm scared. Yeah. I must be scared. And then I'm like, oh, it's because I saw that threat. Right. I saw a bear. It's always a bear. Yeah. And people <laughs> are always like, it's always a bear. And then it's always, um, I got hit by a bus. Or right. what if I get hit by yeah. a bus? I'm like, yeah. why are those always the examples? Right. Bear and bus, the big yeah. two. <laughs> Maybe at the same time, you know, I mean, bears uh, walking around downtown Minneapolis and bear on a bus. Yeah, a bear, bear driving, driving a bus. bus. Whoa, oh, that was adorable. That was, no, not adorable. Uh, I think that was okay. If you could add <laughs> that into one of your random questions, yeah, <laughs> what's, what's bears more, bears and buses. What's yeah. more likely? Yep, I think there's something there. <laughs> there's something we'll workshop that. Yep, <clears throat> and so yeah, um, there was a question earlier. About the church, mental health. Just talking about, well, Sarah had brought up originally, like, what is, there tends to be a stigma in the church about kind of mental health and what that, what, A, do you kind of see that yourself? And B, what does that come from, I guess? Okay, okay. So I think I'm going to try to answer that question. (laughs) 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 So the more I understand just about how trauma works in our body, the more... I think understanding I am of just of how people respond to stuff. So when you were talking about like people bringing stuff to the pastor, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's all just like enactments from our past, mm. you know. So I've gotten fired up about sermons that I've heard. Sure, you yeah. know, like okay, and I've even considered um, bringing stuff to the pastor. It's been a while since I've gotten yeah. so fired up about it because I've done some of my own talks myself, and I'm like, <laughs> Ooh, I don't want anyone yeah. bringing stuff to me. <laughs> So I think I'll just lay low, but um, <laughs> but I I've considered and I've done some of my own work in this myself. But when I get so fired up, I ask myself the question: How old do I feel right now? Wow. Oh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And usually it doesn't. I mean, without like, okay, this isn't a cognitive exercise. What number comes to mind? Yeah. You know. So if you're like livid about the carpet. Yeah. How old do you feel? Yeah. Mm. And what numbers come into mind? And what need wasn't met then? Wow. Oh. And who are you really mad at? Right. Yeah. Right? Because it doesn't matter what carpet it is, that that need's not going to get met. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so, and and I think that that is, you know, correct me if you think this is this is me just like guessing or something like that, but, you know, I think that church is such a it, if we do church right at least it should be such an integral part to our lives that there is probably a lot of different connections that our brain is making to a lot of different things in a lot of different situations you know so it's it, yeah something as simple as the carpet can in one sense be a big deal to a person because it is connected 
to something bigger, right? And in another sense, like, this is why it's become such an issue is because somebody else just doesn't care about the carpet. You know what I mean? Uh, and we're all at different places, different levels with that, you know? Um, and so it's kind of just interesting how because we're so many different people in one organization, so to speak, you know, one community, one body, uh, that makes it, I don't know, just eat harder to bring all those things together, you know? Right. Yeah. More variables, I guess. <coughs> well, and correct my Bible literacy if I'm not <laughs> getting it right, but is it Paul and Barnabas that had to break away from each other? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so like, I don't know if their disagreement was on carpet, mm-hmm. but I mean, I talk with people about that in therapy when it's like, okay, you you didn't do anything wrong and neither did they. It's right. just not a good fit at this point. And mm-hmm. there's grieving in that. Yeah. Right. right. It's like, you're just called yeah. in separate ways and that's hard. Yeah. Right. That's really hard. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So kind of going along of, of having people showing up and, and things like that. Um, how, how can we, like just the general population, uh, how can we show up for people who are struggling with their mental health? For the general population. Yeah. For the general. In the church, not yeah. in the church. We'll do, we'll do in the church. Cause the like church. Andrew said, this is a church podcast. A church podcast. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I guess. In this day and age, I just assume people are struggling with their mental health. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> I just that's fair. start with that assumption. Yeah. Um, and um, from that standpoint, I start with reaching out, saying hello. I mean, it's so hard going into a church and not having anyone say hello to you. Mm. Right? Yeah. And I don't have that experience anymore. Yeah. You know, and so... Um, I just try to look to anyone to say hello to. Yeah. You know, even if it's just like, my kid just ran into your leg. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going to acknowledge that right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. as I'm walking by you. Right. <laughs> Welcome and good morning, you know, type thing. Um, <clears throat> but just to acknowledge the presence of other people. Right. Um, to be near to other people. Um, because... Yeah, just like the proximity to other people can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. I th- yeah. You, right? Yeah. yeah. Right, exactly. The syncing up, yeah. um, the invitation mm. to, you know, to just acknowledge that we're all here. I mean, somatic experiencing this, like the trauma modality is interesting. I just had this kind of insight not too long ago, but that ho- the whole point of that modality is to work through the trauma. But like, let's say we can do that. Yeah. Then here we are just the existing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And and that then what? Then be as present as you can. Mm. You know, take a look around. Notice who's there. Find the joy in, in what you can. Yeah. You know, the opposite of trauma is being present, of mm. noticing what's there, noticing who you can connect with, noticing how you can help. Yeah. Mm. I don't know how I got signed up for some of these service things, <laughs> um, but I'm glad that I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because just feeling a part of is really nice. Huge. Yeah, right. You know, and so, I mean, even if, if you don't feel a part of, I'd recommend just finding a way to, like, make cookies and bring them to church every once in a while. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I know your question is like, how can we help other people's mental health? And uh -huh. I'm like, like this, the smallest things. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, feel like reach down and feel your legs so uh -huh. that you know that you're alive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like put your hands on your head and like feel your feet on the ground. Yeah. Uh -huh. So that you know that you're alive. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And starting with yourself too, right? In in such in in those ways is that is that we're not, you know. I think sometimes we we jump into this idea of well, I have to help other people with their mental health, and it's like what what we've been talking about, what you just said is like it starts sometimes with just me and like just me focusing on how I am feeling and how I am approaching the situation, like your story with your son. Like it starts with me sometimes. And not actually intervening in a in a in a uh, no, obvious way or something like that, but actually just how do I how am I feeling? How am I approaching the situation? And that alone makes a difference. Right. Yeah. And right. So, yeah. Yeah. I um, I was a therapist during. I mean, I've been in private practice since 2016, so I was a therapist during the pandemic, and mm -hmm. it was a weird time. Right. Um, and it was weird because every conversation was kind of the same. Oh, I'm sure. You know? Yeah. And I had, and I was taking insurance at that time, so I had a lot much larger caseload, you yeah. know? And so I had a lot of clients, and I was really busy. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And so I just, oh, man, everybody, especially during, um, you know, the George Floyd riots and everything, yep. people were just like, I can't, I can't, how can I, how do I help? What do I do? I can't do anything. And it was like, you can't do everything, but you can do something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just, just do something. Yeah. I mean, just to go to Trinity first and pick up garbage oh, with yeah. my daughter. Like she still talks about it. We found a dead squirrel <laughs> and we, you know, and she's like, remember that dead squirrel? I'm like, yep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we threw it away. <laughs> Great story. <laughs> right. yeah. We did what we could. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and so like as as we're talking about this, you know, I'm I'm scripture comes to mind for me in Galatians five. You know, this is what the whole thing about. Uh, I mean, almost every epistle it feels like you could just break it down to. Paul makes a church. Paul leaves the church. The church starts fighting each other. You know, and there's all this these issues and so like uh, you know you could probably do a whole study about this or something but like there's trauma all over the church just because of people you know uh just interacting is as broken human beings right like we're um we are because of our brokenness none of us is perfect and that is a recipe for trauma you know in so many different ways and paul says in galatians 5 he says um, you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use that freedom uh, to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love, for the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And this is the thing that I thought of uh, as we were talking. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. And I think that sometimes we can read that idea of destroying one another and we forget about like what a toxic environment that is for not just the people around me but it is for me as well too right like if we if we create that kind of an environment in the church where we're biting and devouring each other it's going to be bad on my mental health as well if we all do live in this sort of 
equilibrium of some sort or our our bodies affect each other and things like that um like if it's happening in our body in our church even if it doesn't seem to affect me it affects me as well you know so it's not just me talking about putting out you know talking about well i'm i don't have any beef with anybody but you know i know that joe and susie over there they got beef with each other um, but i'll just let them be or whatever it's like no we're if we're a body and like it sounds like there's this design element to us that is like we live in community for a reason um that we need to we need to be aware of that we need to take care of each other in that you know and if we're talking about kind of how this all connects to the holiday season this idea of of loving each other and loving your neighbors ourselves this is what outside of the church christmas or the holiday season has been boiled down to is this idea of well it's just about kind of loving one another right we've lost kind of sometimes we've lost the the bigger true meaning of christmas in some sense but this idea of love is something that i think if we're answering the question for inside and outside of the church we can talk about like yeah we can just love other people and that's an important thing for us to do as well for other people's mental health that we're not biting and devouring but that we're actually loving on one another in a lot of ways yeah. it looks a lot of different ways but and maybe to not i think sometimes we get too in our head when it comes to helping people and so we think that we need to have like a well rehearsed something when we when we have people in our life that are struggling yeah. when it really is just as simple as just showing up and just saying hi and checking in and right. um like i think of the the season where after like my dad died and then six weeks later my grandma died and like she was 96 right, right? like she right. she was old um but it was the fact that it was six weeks after my dad died that that's like it, it was already bad, but it was worse because the other things had happened. Um, but up at our cabin, like our neighbors knew, like they found out that grandma had died and dad had died. And so they, what they did was they raked up all of our leaves in the spring and, and got our lawn ready to open the cabin because it was one less thing that we didn't have to do. Right. And so that was something that they didn't have to do but it was how they could show up um without having to to say anything they just did this thing for us mm -hmm. because they they wanted to help and so um i think for those of us that are listening that have people that are struggling which Addie, like you said most people are <laughs> it it just their struggles are are different person to person uh, but the, the easy thing for us is that we can just say hi or, or be like Job's friends before they opened their mouths right. yeah. and just, just sit. Mm -hmm. So I think that is, yeah, like, I think that should be reassuring. Right. Yeah. That you can show up by just being there. Yeah. So how important in your, in your line of work, like that do you see community in this sense? Because that's something that church really can, especially I think Woodbury does this so well, Woodbury Lutheran uh, across all of our campuses does, all, does this so well that we have this great community. I mean, is that something that, that is extremely like important or helpful in, in kind of the mental health mm. world? Or is it, 
and is it maybe neglected in a lot of ways in today's world? Mm. Um, well, I have an example of just the importance of showing up. Um, mm -hmm. I, my boys are twins and I was just overwhelmed. You know, my daughter's less than two years older than them. And Sarah just showed up one day <laughs> <laughs> when my husband wanted to go out and uh, with John. With John. Yeah, they were gonna go to a concert they, or something. Yeah, twins, or twins or a twins, twins game. Something. I don't know. Twins game. A twins concert. <laughs> it was a twins concert. <laughs> the twins were singing. Joe Mauer and Tori Hunter <laughs> there you go. They performed in a band together. <laughs> I think that's probably what <laughs> that's happened. That's probably it. The fact that you know two twins players. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. And Brian Dozier. Yeah. yeah there yeah. you go. Three of them. It was a three it's of them. It's a handsome right. style band. Yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. Yep. <laughs> John and Brian will confirm all right. of yeah. this, yeah, I'm exactly. sure. Brian will, at least. I don't think John has ever listened to an episode of the podcast. So I Brian think Brian's will a faithful listener. I think he is, yeah. so he'll confirm. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, I mean, you just showed up, and that was significant. I mean, it was overwhelming to have just three little people, and uh -huh. so just having someone around. But, I mean, and Woodbury Lutheran, they just showed, people showed up with meals all the time, and... Yeah. I mean, I think with any baby, people should just show up with meals. Yeah. <laughs> Unasked. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you bring. At least that's my opinion. Yeah, right. So I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, yes, to answer that question, I've seen regularly, like, OCD-type symptoms of, like, checking for people who live alone. And I think that's a normal thing. Mm. Because, I mean, I've noticed that even when I just kind of spend some time by myself, I'm much more likely to check the door several times to make sure it's locked. Mm. Mm. And yet, if other people are in the house, I don't know if I check the door at all. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right? Huh. Um, but it's like when you get by yourself, you're like, okay, is it, it's on you. And then the symptoms kind of increase. Yeah, and really. so it's just, I mean with the isolation that came over the last few years and just how the world's changed. Right. Yeah. Community is a big thing. And then for people who don't have any faith, mm -hmm. um, it's like taught, where do they find community? Right. You know, it's really, it's hard for super people. Difficult. It's super difficult. Yeah. And then in this, I don't, I don't know my lingo here if we're even in a postmodern world anymore. <laughs> you know, I right. feel like we're not. I don't know yeah, where we, we are. are. Kind of in between. Post, post. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it just, yeah, there's no truth. And so there's, you know, mm. um, it just feels tricky. Right. You know, I'm like, could you try any kind of faith thing? Right. Could you just try <laughs> something <laughs> just to find some community? Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> well, because <laughs> that's how we're designed, right? Like, right. God looks at, at Adam and says, it's not good for man to be alone, you know? Right. And so he makes a companion, like makes a person to be with. So right. Yeah, right. I mean well, and when you were talking about um, people, like people having beef with other people and how, it, you know, it affects everyone. I think in a marriage, you know, if you have a, the intention or the maybe not intention, expectation that this person's going to make me happy. Yeah. You're setting yourself up. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but if you know, okay, I'm bringing my stuff and this is going to, and they're bringing their stuff. Yeah. And we're probably um, 
we picked each other because they're going to clash. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> That's why we were attracted to right. each other. Exactly. And so this is an agreement, uh, like a legally binding agreement yeah. right. that we're going to work through our stuff together yeah. in a loving, you know, um, union with Christ as mm-hmm. at the head. Um, then like, let's expound that to the church. You yeah. know, I mean, there's some differences, yeah. right? But we all bring our stuff. We all right. have our trauma because we're in a fallen world. And if we can have some grace and know, like, you bring your stuff and I bring mine. And some of it is out of our hands. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, if you're regularly in a fight or flight for whatever reason, and I don't need to know it, but I might. Right. You know, I've got some grace for you. Yeah, I don't know why you're so concerned about this thing. But, you know, if I'm not, then I, I'm going to try to support you in whatever way I can. Yeah. That's not so triggering to me. Right. Yeah. And how cool that you, you bring that, uh, that idea of marriage up and then talking about us being a body. Cause that is, I mean, that is the, I, I, I only say this because, uh, you know, I just did my, my sister's wedding this last weekend. Right. And so I'm in, you know, marriage and symbolism and stuff like that of that. But like the symbol of marriage of a man and woman being married is the sim is, it symbolizes, you know, Christ and his bride, the church is what is referred to, you know, and, and like, that is the only perfect type of marriage that there actually can be like in that marriage, in our marriages, we bring our own stuff, you know, and we work through it together. But in the, the marriage between Christ and his church, well, it's perfect because Jesus perfects it. Right. And so we're constantly not looking, you know, to each other, as our examples, right? But we're looking to Christ and what example did he give? How did he love in such perfect ways? And how can we be formed to that? And once we're formed to that, that's where we then can turn back to our community of the church, this body that we have of believers, and we can say, I'm going to love you in that way, you know? And it's when we can do that and love each other in that way that, you know, we are fully what God designed us to be, you know, and fully what he created us to be. And I think that that extends to mental health, right? I mean, like, if I am caring about your mental health, like, Jesus cares about your mental health, right? He cares about every bit of you, right? And so to say that I care about you in the way that that Christ cares about you is, you know, maybe not a small thing, but another thing that we can do for each other probably to like, you know, care about each other's mental health and to love on each other in that way Mm. um, and not bite and devour each other Mm. as Galatians says. I had a supervisor early on just say all therapy is, is just helping people be seen and heard. Mm. And I think Christ sees us and hears us perfectly. Yeah. And, you know, I, it's an interesting phenomenon because with, with some trauma, when people, some people, when they're seen and heard, it's actually incredibly uncomfortable, mm. Mm. you know, and uh, it's, it's pretty interesting to see. They're like, oh, no, you know, then they want to cover up and right. it's, it's a really interesting thing. But I think it, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of complaints from younger clients mostly about the church and it's, it's, in any system where there's people, there's going to be trauma, there's going to be toxicity. 
And that's a word that I think can be overused and I think can be accurate at times and I think can be weaponized at times. Um, but I think um, if, if you make it the goal to see and hear the other person, right? Like I watch all these shows, these TV shows, and it's when people are fighting, you know, it's usually loved ones and it's like, all the other person has to do, and I'm gonna. This is I'm gonna. Okay, it's gonna sound funny. All the other person has to do is die to themselves. Yeah. <laughs> to like see and hear their loved ones. Yeah. And if they can do it, then it's like a love story. Yeah. And if they can't, it's a tragedy. Right. Yeah. Right. How, yeah. I mean, what a great metaphor for just life. I mean, the, the, I don't know, like. If you can, it's a love story, and if you can't, it's a tragedy. I mean, what a what a perfect summation of that. And I think, uh, you know, what I what this whole podcast is about is to talk about, you know, our disciple lives that we live, you know, with that we live out in our different areas and our different callings, our different vocations, you know, and all therapy is 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 making or is allowing somebody to be seen and heard. I think what a cool testament to what you do, you know, that you are each and every day, your job, when you wake up in the morning and you go to work, your job is to, to make people be felt and to be heard and to love on them in the way that Jesus loves them. And I think that that's such an incredible thing that we are trying to amplify and elevate <clears throat> on this podcast is that, you know, it doesn't have to be that you are doing, you know, being a disciple doesn't have to look you know, a certain way, or you don't have to be talking about it in a certain way, but, or maybe better put, it just looks a lot of different ways, mm. you know, and my wife being a, a mental health therapist too, I know that this is something that she is back and forth on all the time is like, am I doing, you know, kingdom work in this, right? Especially when so much of what you're doing is validating and talking with people who it's like, sometimes she talks about wanting to just be like, if only you knew, if you knew Jesus, you know, and if you knew the love that he had, you know, and she struggles with this idea of, of, of am I doing enough kingdom kind of work? But like exactly what she said just rung so true to me that like you wake up every day and you make people be felt and you are seen and heard. And that is such an important, you know, aspect of loving people, you know, just like this says that, that to be, the whole law can be summed up in one command that you love uh, your neighbor as yourself. And, you know, I think that that's something that you do each and every day, which is such a cool thing. So thank you mm. for being a disciple in that way. Mm. It's such a cool thing. But Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I, I don't know if I like consciously start to do this or in my brain, I'm like, no, we're doing this now. Um, I think I might start ending every episode with a challenge. Ooh. Is that okay? This is an on-air production meeting. This is <laughs> we've started. Into. We, we've started our on-air production meetings. Um, but I, I think it, and maybe that's because whenever I do youth ministry things, like you can't just say things and then right. just leave it. Like you have to challenge the teens to something. Yeah. Um, and adults are just bigger teens. That's <laughs> so smart of you. <laughs> so astute, Sarah. Adults are just bigger teens. Yeah. And um, teens are just bigger kids. And kids are just bigger babies. And babies, okay. they're themselves. Okay. The end. What's your challenge, Sarah? <laughs> Let's move on here. 
Um, I, I think my challenge for, for this episode is, um, again, the, the words of just die to yourself seems a little extreme for a challenge, but, but to, <laughs> to have eyes for someone other than yourself, I think, mm. uh, to look at, um, like maybe check in with yourself and, and see like how, how you're doing. Cause I think that you can sometimes project how you're doing onto other people, or maybe you are, um, avoiding your own stuff because either you don't want to deal with it or something like that. Um, but, but find someone in your world and just check in with them and, and see how, how God works in that and how, how God moves in that. Um, because I think that it, like, I think it, it, it changes things when you, when you show up for the people in your world. Yeah. Should I, I have so. started the music earlier? Probably. As yeah, I was, as I, mean, I you was. You were wrapping it up, but there was no music. Remember to turn the volume up. I turned the volume up now. I think that was our problem before. Yeah. Is I had it turned up. Probably. Yeah. And now it's not. Now the music's playing and you're not wrapping it up. No, because I already wrapped it up. It's <laughs> fine. Well, thank you, Addie, for, for being with us. Thank um, you. It was a lot of fun. I, I learned a lot. I did too. Like I'm fascinated. So am I. Yeah. I have further questions. This is a, it'll be a part two. Awesome. Where, cause it's mental health is an ongoing conversation. It's it not is. a one and done situation. That's right. Um, so spend time this week, uh, checking in with the people in your life and then also maybe checking in with yourself yeah. and giving yourself grace in this season. Cause it can often be very hectic for all of us. Yeah. And so, find some time to love that person as well. Yes. So I like that. Yeah. Have a great week. And we will catch you next Talk time. to you later.